rise for the Honorable J.P. Brown. Welcome to Fathers and Family Court. I am your host, J.P. Brown. I'd like to take this time to welcome back all of our return listeners as well as give a first-time welcome to any first-time listeners out there. Now, if you are a first-time listener of this podcast, brace your motherfucking self. This is a Father's Rights Podcast, completely unfiltered, where we talk about Father's Rights, parental alienation, as well as the effects of the $50 billion a year business known to everyone as Family Court. Now in Season 2, Season 3, and Season 4 of Father's and Family Court, we've been talking to dads all across America and what we've come to find that regardless of a dad's race, creed, religion, social background, uh, financial status, uh, political view... As long as he's a dad, he's treated like a second-class citizen. One thing we've come to find is that regardless of how terrible of a mom uh, a mother is, if she walks into family court, she's going to be given chance after chance after chance until either a kid's ass is whooped, abused, or dead in some cases. The point of this podcast is to pretty much uh, shed light on the business that family courts are um, running um, the point is to pretty much shed light on the fact that um, fathers are parents. Uh, without without fathers, um, there's no kid, no sperm, no kid, no sperm, no kid, no sperm, no kid. Each human being has a valuable role in the creation of an uh, of another human being. Um, but since 1975, the only one who's been important is the mom. So what we've been doing is talking about that because it's just not it's a, it's a false narrative. And also, fatherlessness um, has been destroying our community. Uh, but if we want fatherlessness to end then we should probably start pointing our fingers at our elected officials and start holding them accountable because they're making big fucking money by making sure that these fathers are boxed out of these homes. Um, and it shouldn't be like that. If it's for the best interest of the kids, then let it be for the best interest of the kids. Hey, listen. Uh, there's a new Instagram for the podcast. Um, the Instagram for the podcast is at Fathers in Family Court Podcast. Again, that's at Fathers in Family Court Podcast. Also, uh, I'm going to be um, spending more and more time spotlighting this topic, highlighting um, what these judges and what these courtrooms and what these mediators are doing every day when they go to work and how they're fucking these kids and these these families and these dads. And they can keep collecting their paychecks and moseying moseying right back on home. And kicking their feet up. Keep collecting their checks. Keep moseying on home. Feet up. Meanwhile, we got kids that are being straight up abused. And we keep talking to these dads too. So, um... I'm going to spend more time spotlighting these things. Uh, I will be accepting donations. If you want to donate, you can uh, send something to the Cash App. That's at uh, that's money sign DFMJP. Uh, again, that's money sign DFMJP. We are going to pick up where we left off, and we are going to continue to hear stories from fathers. Uh, today, we'll be hearing from JP33 of Arkansas. I'm excited to hear his story. Um, I don't know too many people from Arkansas, so that's pretty dope. I'm, um, I'm pretty uh, excited to have the opportunity to talk to him. Um, try to listen to JP's story with an open uh, mind, open heart, open ears, um, and remember... Um, 
these are raw, uncut stories. These are real, true stories. These are real dads um, really trying to be in the lives of their children. Hey, listen, if you know somebody out there suffering from parental alienation, um, God knows the family court isn't going to do shit about it. Uh, but um, first and foremost, they, they probably need somebody to talk to. S- copy this link. Send it over to them. If they want to tell their story, um, send them my way. Uh, but most importantly, make sure that they get this link so they can hear these stories. Let's get into it. Enjoy. All right. So on today's episode of Fathers and Family Court, we will be talking to JP. Not talking to me, but I talking to another JP. JP, he's 33 years old. He's calling from Arkansas. Now I'm really excited to talk to JP today because I believe that JP is going to say something for... Um, me to hear because his name is JP. I believe he's going to say something for you all to hear again because his name is JP and I think he's going to bring something, um, a unique perspective uh, to this conversation that even though we've talked to hundreds of dads, I don't believe that um, something he's going to say, I believe there's something in that he will say that's going to be unheard of so far. So, um, And it might be something small. And it might be something for someone out there to grab and listen to. So um, I'm excited. I've never heard much of any of his story. We have talked for maybe about seven minutes total. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear his actual story. I made sure he didn't tell me too much because I want to hear with you all. Um, I want you all to hear me actually asking questions and finding out about it with you all. So I'm excited to talk to JP tonight. Um, we're recording this after he... Um, well, I won't say what he just got done doing. I will get into that, but it's I'm super excited to talk to JP. So, JP, without any further ado, how you doing tonight, brother? Man, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How are you? Man, God's been really great to me, man, as well. Um, I'm happy to hear you say blessed um, because... <laughs> Without, without, without God, man, the walk on the walk we're walking, all of us, regardless of where we are in the walk, um, we would be much farther back. And if there's any dads out there listening, um, him saying that he's blessed, <laughs> you can tell he's he's dialed in, and at some point in his walk, he's leaned on God as well. We are gonna get into that, um, but before it's we get too much, yeah, yeah. Before we get too much into it, let me ask you this: Did you have a dad in your home growing up? Uh, uh, yeah, full time, but he, you know, he was, he was a doctor, so he left at 7 o'clock in the morning, and we didn't see him until 7 o'clock at night. Right, but, uh, he wasn't really around like that. Nah, no, mostly just working and taking care of us. Right. Okay, so, the thing about you it know, was... I had, a, I had a good childhood with my father. Yeah. You know, ups, ups and downs, but... Yeah. And that brings that brings good ass insight, cause a lot of folks be like, "Oh, if I had a dad around, and this, that, and the third, and this, that, and the third, like." But the reality uh-huh. is, like, even if we have a success, even if you have a dad who's around, if he's really successful and he's out getting money and chasing money and really in his career, he's not really around that much. Okay, from seven a.m., you're not really JP wasn't really awake too much before seven a.m. to kick it and hang out with his pops. And then after 7 p.m., you figure he's a kid. Now, this is a successful household, I'm assuming. Uh, and JP probably wasn't up way too much later than, you know what I mean? There wasn't too much chill time each day. And his I mean, dad's job was a household or not, you know, we were still up till, you know, 9 or 10 o'clock with, you know, dad, dad was an alcoholic. As a doctor as well? 
Yes, fully functional, everyday drunk, and being a doctor. Man, that's fucking scary, JP. I'm glad we're talking about that, man. That's some scary shit, bro. Damn. He was making real decisions. <laughs> fucked up. That's crazy. Well, not fucked up, but you know, a little bit. But it's. I'm glad that you got the opportunity to see that, as crazy as it sounds, because, like, some people think it's all peachy, but reality is it, it ain't all fucking peachy. You know what I mean? And what you just said. Yeah. And what you just said says, hey, man, like, you can be successful and still, like, there'd still be a dark side to the shit. You know what I mean? That's that's powerful, bro. Um, but also, it, it it led to see that like, even though like it was a it was a, it, I'm glad that it turned out. I'm glad it played because it gave you it gives us opportunity to see that you wanted to do better than your dad. You know what I mean? Not financially speaking, we're talking just being a better dad overall. You know what I mean? And it's crazy, bro. That's it's just the main focal point is trying to be the change that I want to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, talk to me a little bit about the start of your story, man. How's it all start? Man, really, you know, I, I was, you know, my dad was a doctor, and you know, through the eyes of other people, you know, I might have been in a good home, and you know, with successful parents, but. By the time I was I was 16 years old, you know, I was out on the street, um, and uh, I took to uh, hitchhiking and traveling trains when I was about 21 years old, and just exploring the country. Um, lived in a redwood tree in California. Grew all the good pot out in the Mendocino, Humboldt County area. Whoa! You lived in Humboldt County. I lived right on the coast in a little Rasta community overlooking the ocean, man, and we'd sit there every morning smoking hash and getting ready for all the trimmers to come in with with Grandma, who, you know, her, her kids were the band members for Black Uhuru, right. uh, uh, a reggae band back in the 70s, 80s. Mm-hmm. We'd just sit there and, you know, put pounds of weed and, you know, sit and watch the whales jump in the ocean and... And that, was, that was life for a couple of years right. until I met my ex-wife returning one of my harvests to Arkansas. Oh, my goodness. And my, my traveling days kind of got sucked up into, you know, pretty women and pretty women and, and drugs. And, you know, I met her. I was already, you know, I was doing everything I could get high and you know have fun but you know i got addicted to heroin with her after that and methamphetamines and mm. and, and I, I'm, glad, I'm glad we're talking about this man because i always like to say like when we're talking about transparency it's so great to hear dads like being like yeah man i was fucking up too you know what i mean it's good to hear because it's transparency and accountability so it's fucking I mean, great we to all, hear. we all paint our own lives and you know it's nobody else that does does it for us usually we we paint our own pictures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. no man i think that's that's some powerful stuff man so yeah, man. So you're out there in California now. Did the drug, did the harder drugs come into play in California, or did they come into play when you moved back uh, to Arkansas? They're they're already in play throughout my life, but 
you know, when I when I met my ex-wife, that's when we started using the needle. She had just lost her first. She had lost her daughter at six months old. She found that she was found in an apartment with a needle in her arm, passed out with her daughter on the coffee table in the car carrier. Um, when the guest came and took the kid, she. She went through her thing and came back, and we we met up, and you know it was instant junkie love at that point. Okay, so, okay, 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 okay. Now I'm just picturing when you say this, I'm picturing, I'm picturing, um, I'm picturing everything you just said. So I'm picturing this lady <laughs> high with the needle in her arm, knotted off, and. The people coming in, and again, she's in there nodded off, and this baby's just sitting in a car seat on the coffee table. And, and, and it really breaks my heart because it's like, man, like, it's just, it's hurtful to hear. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking about the baby at that time. Like, damn. When I go to gymnastics, I see this baby in the car seat all the time. When I'm going to gymnastics with my daughter, and I think to myself, like, man, this baby must be bored as shit. Always, because where I stand, they sit there, where they sit, then I can see, you know what I mean? I'm like, man, he must be just so bored, just sitting here looking at his mom all day. That must be boring. But then I'm thinking about this baby you're describing. It's so crazy. Man, I didn't mean to interrupt, man. So, And then I also no, find it pretty good. unique that you called it junkie love. That's unique to me, bro. Because you were high, too. Because if he wasn't high, you would have been like, hold on, red flag. You know what I'm saying? But you yeah, was getting no, high. No, no, And just all it did was expedite my addiction and my using and how hard I went in life. And, right. Yeah, but it was all my decision to allow that to happen. Mm. Uh, but I met her after she had said she got sober, um, and I had come back from California. Her daughter had been adopted out, and, you know, I told her before. I, but when I met her, um, I offered her boyfriend uh, 60 Roxy 30s to take her and his daughter for a week and almost agreed to it. And I left for California, and I told her, I was like, you know what, I'm going to come back and save you from this. You know, this, fuck, this lifestyle's fucked up. And I took off, and, you know, I came back and ended up getting more strung out with her. Right. And uh, I, got, I got busted in 2015 um, with about eight pounds of weed delivered to my door. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we, we both went to jail. I took all the charges, but she had, uh, she had other charges that were pending, um, when we had met. So she got thrown into the bus and the only way we could see each other was we got married in jail. I still got our wedding pets and she's in blue. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know, man. You guys got married and she was in jail still? I was in jail too. We were You guys were both in jail. That's crazy. Yeah, we had we had got busted and you know, the only way that she was gonna do more time than me because of the previous charges she had, so the only way that I would be able to visit her was you know, we we got married. Right. And uh you know, I got out of I got out of jail, and I, I instantly started working, and you know, trying to do the husband thing, not realizing that 
you know, I just married the, the Jezebel from the trailer park. Right. And, uh, you know, I got a full-time job, and I had a house, a four-bedroom house. There's 65 acres and a barn, and she got out of, she got out of prison, and a month later, she was carrying my son, and... Uh, He just stopped kind of doing stuff around the house a few months later, abusing me. She was still drinking while she was pregnant. Um, and then two months before my son was born, uh, she kicked me out of the house completely. Um, I found that out another dude was kind of in the house. Yeah. <laughs> so, hold on, let's back yourself up a little bit, because... I want to back this up. I want to back this up a tad because I was uh, moving my daughter um, while I was talking, but I was still listening and I was still. I just it was a little bit. A lot was You're running good. through my I, brain. I, I, I'm I like, damn, you, you know, you got caught with some herb. Um, just being, you know, what I'm saying, being high and stupid. You know what I'm saying, and um, you. Went to jail with the chick you took to charges, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how you would, you know what I mean? And you get out, and, you get, and you're get sober at this point. Stone cold sober. Going to, I, I mean, I still go to AA meetings. But I was doing the meetings. I was doing, you know, the therapy uh, and working as much as I could and going to the gym to get my high. You know, my high at that point was... Working out. Working out. I just got out of prison. That's all I was doing in jail. You know, that's all I kept doing except for the drugs and adding work into that and therapy and doing what I had to do to be the person that I promised her I would be years ago. So, you know, I, I was mad. I'm, I still love the girl. You know, I was madly in love with her at that point. Right. So, okay. So, all right, let's back this up just a tad. So you now, now she's uh, so now she's pregnant. Um, so while she was pregnant, was she still participating and doing things around the house and stuff like that? Uh, no, not really. She got a job, but I ended up, you know, having to go do her magazine sales for her when I got off work because she didn't want to. She was still wanting to drink, you know, have have a couple beers every night and. Huh. Yeah. You know, she got about seven months pregnant. And, Drinking uh, while pregnant, you saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I found out after my son was born, she was doing cocaine with my son, six months pregnant, uh, when we went to go visit their family in Galveston. Doing cocaine while pregnant. What the hell, bro? I mean, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. Her daughter's lost, or her sister's lost her daughter. Her sister's got track marks up and down her neck from shooting up in her neck. And just, you know, that's that's the life her family has lived, I guess. Or, mm-hmm. And if you get caught to it, they turn a blind eye. But, um... About when we got back, she started acting. She started acting different. And uh, when you got back months, from where? From jail. Galveston. 
No, from Galveston while she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. After she was doing that coke, she started acting weird. And you know, I came home one day from work, and there's a random guy in my house. <laughs> and uh, Now, did you come home early? Was this an unannounced come home? Was this something unplanned? Did you get off the clock? This, was just, this was just me. I came home 30 minutes early from work. And you know, I just... Yeah, coming home, her sister was living with me at that time at that big house on that property. Whose house was that? Yeah. Huh? Whose crib was that? It is a family friend of ours that they live outside of the state. They live in Utah, so they needed you know somebody they could trust to live in the house, do the repairs, wash the property, and uh, you know it was a it was a very big blessing. Oh, yeah, hell yeah, it was still, it was a blessing for the time being, for sure, no doubt. So then, so then, so then, um, fuck, so you come home 30 minutes early, man, take me through everything, bro, take me through, you get your, getting through the whip, fuck, you get to the car, fucking guys, what, where's this guy at, bro, when you get there, you walk in, everything's regular, because this could have turned ugly, so just take me through I pulled into my driveway and there's a there's a random truck that I'd never seen before just sitting in my driveway. Last question before you get into this, and I'm sorry, but it's me, bro. I wish you oh, was yeah. here so I could smile at you. But look, for real, how long had you been in the joint um before you had to, how long did you just sit in the joint? I did eight months. So eight months, you went cold turkey, you wiped yourself completely clean. Now you said you was around urban things, but you were talking about peaceful things. When you went to this place, now how big are you, JP? I'm 200 pounds, almost six foot. You're a big guy, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean you're violent. You can have a really kind heart and be a really nice, nice human being. All right. Now, and it's taken me a lot. I, I, it took me a lot to get hug life tattooed on my stomach. It, it took a lot of pain. It took a lot of hurting people. Yeah. To to try to radiate that love to other people and yeah. change my way. Yeah, man. But the point is, is that you just spent eight months around a bunch of bad people. Not all bad people, but a lot of bad people. There's bad people you were locked up with. Now, herb is not necessarily a bad thing, but, like, reality is there was some pretty bad people that you was in there with. Some good people, too, now. But there was also... There's great people, but, yeah. I mean, they're murderers. We had the biggest fight in our county jail, and... 15 years. Yeah. And, uh, man, I, I, saw, I, saw, I saw a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Every time I've been locked up. And, you know, that's why I have a, I have a pretty long record. I've been, I've been to county 26 times. I've been to prison twice. Mm. Mm. So, listen. I said all that to say this. You're no stranger to fucking high-impact situations. Anytime you go into the slammer, the clink, for any amount of time, 26 is a lot. You feel me? Anytime, you younger than me. I'm 30. Well, we the same age. I'm about to be 32. I thought you was 30. You about to be 33. I'm, I'm 32 right now. We the same age. That's a lot of times to get locked up. Listen, you pull into your fucking driveway. There's a fucking dude in there. I want people to take, take, you know what I mean? Take. Take take yourself into this dude's brain. He's a fucking dude. All his emotions are going berserko. He came home unexpected. To then what happened, JP? Man, I, I got out of my car and I was looking. I looked around. You know, I, usually there's somebody outside. You know, I when everything. There's nobody. Nobody is outside. And I, I walk in the door and her uh, 
Amber, my ex-wife's boyfriend, or uh, sister's boyfriend was sitting on the couch with this, with this cowboy-looking motherfucker, and they were, uh, they were watching some fight that I told them not to order, but I still had to pay $100 for anyway. Right. And uh, I watching, walked out. All things in there watching fights. You want to see a fight? Be sitting on my fucking college order yeah. or some shit I ain't telling yeah. you. I'm finna sock your fucking shit, clean out your shit. What the fuck? I, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I walked in fuck? there and I was just like, so Jason, you know, who, who is this? He's like, oh, it's just, you know, one, one of my friends I, I had coming over. I was like, all right, well, I had a pre, you know appreciate it if you let me know you had people coming over they, they played it off like it was her uh sister's boyfriend's friend for a minute right and uh a week after i i walked in she had she asked me to leave my house she was like you know what we're you know we're not getting along etc etc it's like what are you talking about you're the only one being a straight fucking bitch like all the time i I walk in to tell you you're beautiful and I love you and you tell me to shut the fuck up and go away, like... Oh, yeah. Oh, just, yeah. you know, whatever. And uh, she kicks me out of my own house with the only condition of coming back in is that I'm bringing groceries and then I have to leave again because this is where she's going to have this baby and it's, you know, her house. So... So she thought... Hmm. That's all too weird for me. Listen, so what'd you do that first day she said leave and shit? How, how'd you handle that? Because at this point, you know she's still a junkie because you clean. So Oh, man, I, I flipped out. You know, I, I fucking, I, I screamed at her. I slammed shit around like, you know, what the fuck are, what have you fucking done? Like, since you got out of prison, not a goddamn thing but me chopping me. And, you know, what I realized is that she started acting that way as soon as she got off parole. And it seemed to me that she was just using my situation, my my keeping her straight is, and me paying all her parole fines as well. Yeah, oh, you know, yeah, okay. So soon as soon as she, as she got off parole, you know, fuck this guy. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Man, it, it, it tore me up. Um, sorry, I had another call coming in. It tore me up. I, uh, it's not a day went by that before my son was born that I didn't want him to go over because I knew he was sleeping in my fucking bed. There are times I... Oh, so your son I wasn't came. born yet at this time? Oh, no. He was still a month and a half out in the womb. Um... And I was fighting just to just to be there, just to feel him kick. And uh, I finally started coming in the house to bring groceries. And that guy was there with all his kids, and all his shit was in my room. And wait, wait, wait. And they had taken the time to, because he has four other kids, five now. Um, and they had all taken pick their room and started trying to move their stuff into my house and what I can tell that I did go insane about it you know without actually you know hurting anybody it, it, it drove me fucking 
lunatic. What, just for a, uh, for a couple weeks? What are we talking here? Like how? Like how? Like okay, you see that? You know what happens next? You know you walk over there to take groceries, and then this dude's all moved in. How do you fucking? What happens? Like what do you do? You 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 say something to the dude at this point? What do you do? I mean, I, at this point, all I can say to him is, you know what, man? If this is the way you want to fucking act, like. You know, I'm not. I'm not gonna do anything. I just got out of prison. Right. I, I'm. I'm trying to, and I've been that way. I fucking hate it, man. It, it sucks the shit I've had to put up with today. Just to not get arrested and just yeah. try to be with my son. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, there's there's a time after he was born, me and him went at it. But we'll flash forward to that in a minute. Okay. But, uh, I'm sorry. They stayed. They stayed there for about a month and a half until I got the call at like 6 a.m. on the 17th of September mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, my, she, her water broke and they were going to the hospital and, uh, you know, meet her there. And, you know, I was right there, you know, right there, you know, holding her hand, you know, there for everything, you know, fuck it. Like, this is, this is my kid. This is, this is what I love. Like, we can't fucking work something around this what's about to be, you know, whatever. And she was just in there promising stuff to me. Oh, I'm sorry, blah, 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 blah. Right. My son was born around 8.30 that morning. It was his first rain we had got since, you know, the summer drought. And uh, I cut his umbilical cord, got him wrapped up. He was a little bit early, and they had to set him under that blue light. And, you know, restricted holding everything. And an hour and a half after he was born, um, I got him, you know, kind of, we got him settled into the room. She told me, I need you to go home and get some clothes for me. And I was like, fuck that. You know, you, you got time. You're in a goddamn gown. Right. You know, I want to sit here and look at my fucking perfect little baby boy. And right. blue eye, just smiling since the day he was born. And he's still that little man, right. smiling and laughing. And uh, she, basically, she basically kicked me out of the hospital room. So her new boyfriend could come in and hold my son and right. spend all the time that I would have spent with him. And I maybe got to spend six hours total with him in the hospital. I maybe got to hold him for an hour. And the rest of the time, it was that other guy. And I can't see yeah. how that even fits the mold because regardless, like, you're still the... The, the parent, you know what I mean? Like you're still the, you're still a parent too, and that's what's so crazy. That's what's so crazy because this other guy at the time was made relevant when you know we know how it played out is not relevant anymore. You know what I mean? So like those pressure moments with with your moments was stolen for nothing, essentially. Nothing. You know what I mean? It's nothing. And I met him. I met him at the hospital. We we crossed paths walking. This is what I was going to tell you a little bit ago. We crossed. I I was leaving one day as he was walking in. I shoved him out in the car garage. I had police there questioning me, like, "What the uh-huh. fuck?" You, you choked you got, his ass you up. Got, you got four other fucking kids. <laughs> like, like, like goddamn time. Yeah. And 
No, I hear you. I hear you. And, you know, it's different for me. I want everybody, you know, I don't know who condone the violence or anything like that, but, like, shit. Um, if, if a man can't show you goddamn respect, why why should he yeah. give a fuck? What, what, what did, did, did he have? He must have had said some slick shit to you when he was walking past, huh? I know. I just saw him. I fucking saw him. I, I fucking lost it. Yeah. I lost it. Yep. Dog's taking up all your time. He's a fucking goober. Then as soon like as you get there, you get your fucking parking garage. Like let's let's fucking go. Yeah, you fucking on top of all of that. <laughs> on top of all of that, you know what I mean. You, you taking up my time with my child and shit. Eligible. You sitting down watching fights and shit on my watching fights that I asked you not to order. And now it's time that to go. Yeah, I'm paying for it. Like, as soon as it's go time, you just let me choke you out. And that just made you more mad, probably. I already know. Uh, So, um, fuck, man. So, you're at the hospital, man. Um, You've obviously, at this point, like, you've been waiting for this moment um, for a minute. And, like, you have this child that you know is on the way. But you also know your child is more than likely in the womb is in danger. Now I can relate because my my child's mother tried to cut my daughter out of the womb. So that was something I was just always like, "Fuck, this human being is not safe with the fetus." You know what I'm saying? Not safe even with the unborn kid. Not even close. You know what I mean? Not even remotely close. Motherfucker blowing cigarettes and shit like, dog. You you, you so. You seen that kind of shit too, a motherfucker drinking, slamming brews, and still drinking booze, while she got is kind of out here living for two. It just don't even fucking add up. You know what I'm saying? You have oh, a man, she was pregnant with her first daughter. She was having me come over to sell her pills so she could shoot up while she was pregnant. Right. Like it just, just it never stopped at this one. Is and that shit is that shit is crazy because you know you they thought thought there was change in there and shit like that but it's just it's crazy because you did get clean and i I met a heroin addict his name is nick shout out to nick he saved a bunch of people but when i first met him he was fresh out of jail for like some dumb shit but jail actually saved his life because he was able to go cold turkey in jail and come home clean but like he everyone was really sketched out by nick when he first got out, because he was a heroin addict, and people just didn't know if he would get back to chasing dog or not. But the reality is, is this dude has given his life to saving other people's lives. Like he went from like this, this job. You know what I'm saying? That he was like had to still. He still had a tether on when I met him, fresh out. Like he hadn't even started living life clean yet. It was his first stab back at it. I met him. I see him now, it's just amazing. But I know it's hard for people to... I know heroin is the hardest drug, they say. You know what I mean? I know that they say cocaine is the most... You get addicted the fastest. But heroin, they say, is the hardest one to shake, shake. I don't know, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. I don't know, but it must be hard. But It was most painful for me to shake myself. You did it, though. And somebody, I, I applaud any anybody that can do it. Somebody could have looked at you, stood right next to you, and tried to help do what you did. You could have been a blueprint for that person to get clean. 
But every day when they woke up, they made a different decision. You know what I mean? So you did your job. Someone had to get clean for the sake of your baby. So then what happens after you choke dog out in the in the hospital parking lot garage? Um, uh, security got called, it got broke up, and, uh, it got to the point, uh, uh, DHS, they did the umbilical cord test, and I had to come back in the room for, like, two hours, I got called one day, and, uh, <clears throat> and this is try- them trying to discharge her, because she tested positive for weed, etc., and, uh, you know, I, I basically looked at her. I was like, "This is what. This is why you called me in here." I was like, "This is this is your own fucking hole. You dug all this yourself. Like, I have nothing to do with the THC that is in your umbilical cord. I have nothing to do with the alcohol that's in your umbilical cord. Like, fucking, I'll be outside. Like, let me know when it's done." Right. And uh, I went back and saw my son, and the next day I get a call that they're being discharged and. She's like, you know, you need to pick me up at this time. And at that point, I'm, I was working for a crew digging footings. So, you know, I was doing like three footings a day and, you know, bending rebar and just being in fucking holes. And I got that call and I drove, I dropped everything I was doing. And I went straight to the hospital mm-hmm. and I pulled into the hospital as she's pulling out with her boyfriend and they're both flipping me off. You know, fuck you. You'll never see your kid again. Oh yeah. What the hell? And, uh, I don't even remember what after that. Um, I saw my son maybe, I saw my son maybe three times after that. And that was so she could come get my car and pull all of my shit out of the house so she could take it to her boyfriend's house. Um, I saw him again for one of his checkups, and then she let me have one visitation after that. And, man, I wasn't strong enough, and I went straight back to the needle that, that that Christmas Eve sitting there my first Christmas Eve that I had planned out forever with my son. I I had nobody. I was in a trailer in this little town, Eureka Springs, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went I went back on it hard with the intention to end it. Mm-hmm. And man, I I got out of control. I went back on the road. Um, I, I tried to see my son I, every week, you know, I, with a little bit of money I was getting and help from my parents. We were sending, you know, three weeks worth of formula and diapers and bought cribs and breast pumps and new wardrobe, everything sent to their front door. And she's still, you know, if, if you want to see your son, you can, you can come to my boyfriend's house. Like, do you understand what the fuck will happen? Like, you're basically telling me I can't see my son or I can go to jail for fucking murder. (laughs) Right. 
Right. No, for real. Because it's really like that. That's your stuff, man. You hurting about this. You spent many days, many nights hurting. 21 dads commit suicide a week, uh, a week due to child access issues. And that's because this shit is some serious stuff. You know what I mean? And that's why I want to make sure I continue to keep talking about this shit. Because there's somebody who's on the brink of that shit, like, right now. And instead of getting high again, they can fucking talk to this JP or that JP. And, or hear, hear a story or hear that we're actual real people. And maybe they don't want to motherfucking kill themselves. Or maybe they don't want to fucking relapse or get high again. You feel me? I got one, I got one brother right now going through. His daughter's three weeks old. And every day is pain. I just want to kill myself. My real name's Peyton, by the way. No, me and him, we're going to talk. That has to happen. And the only way it can happen is you make it happen. So it has to happen. But we're going to we're gonna, we're gonna fucking get into it. But the reality is there's no way this human being, like, still, you shouldn't have been getting high. But, like, the reality is it's like shit. I didn't know you what else to do at that point. He, like, you was previously a drug addict and shit. Like, you, you gonna fuck up because you fuck, you know what I mean? Because he was, he was that's where, that's where he was previously that's a drug addict. That's what I ran to. That's yeah. what I knew. Man, since I was 10 years old, I've been popping pills and. Right. Right. And that's what, that's what I knew. And I went hard. And, uh, you know, I caught new charges. I caught a heroin charge. While I was on parole, and uh, you know, I called, I called my, I always remember, I called my pops, and he drove. He was at a family reunion in Wisconsin, and he dropped everything and drove from Wisconsin down there. Had a case of beer in the car and a bottle of whiskey, and he got me before they could put my parole officer knew. Then they could put a white warrant on me, and he bailed me out of jail. And he's like, "Well, you going back to California?" Or are you going to stay here and take care of your shit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I pulled him to California, and he turned on Tom Waits, and we cracked the bottle and cracked the beer. And, you know, uh, two weeks after that, um, I, I was healed from my addiction. Uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't recommend, I don't try to recommend things to people, you know, we each live our own life and, you know, we walk our own paths, but, you know, if, if the things before haven't helped, um, you know, I went to a ceremony and, uh, some brothers blessed me with some psilocybin mushrooms and some, uh, DMT and when I woke up from a lap, from you know, in my perception, Mother Earth, you know, the Father Spirit, allowing me to put forth all of that emotion that I had felt, that pain and that suffering, that wanting to kill her and wanting to kill myself. And when I woke out of that, you know, I, I realized what my purpose was, that, you know, fuck, I've dug myself a huge hole and I've you know, and, and going back into this addiction, it's going to be even harder than it was before. And uh, I, I poured out my heroin. I had a grain and a half of heroin left. I had about an eight ball of meth, and I dumped all that in the dirt. I broke all my needles, and right. I went back. I went back to California, and uh, but not on the purpose to run from things, but just to go back and find myself in a place that you know. I left once before, 
and I had found something there and uh I made it to California and I was back you know just just doing the thing I was on a pot farm running around every day half naked with my dog and my dreadlocks taking care of pot farms for $40 an hour you know just just being present in life in every moment and uh what year was this this was 2018. Mm-hmm. So 18, you went back to Cali, um, and your son, how old is he around this point? Is he one yet? Um, he was about to turn one. Um, I had left in July of 2018, July 14th, 2018 is when my ceremony happened. And, uh, his birthday, September 17th, uh, spent from July till a week before that in California. And my ex-wife randomly got a hold of me. I guess they were getting drunk and they were fighting. Now, you know, that I see the whole picture. But wanted me to come and see JP. Uh, my son's name is JP, too. James oh, Payton. That's uh, what's up, man. I'm John Payton, and he's James Payton. That's what's up, man. And, man, I dropped everything. I loaded up my backpack with a pound of weed and, you know, all, all the things. And I took out to Oklahoma where they were living on a cattle ranch at that time. And, you know, I, I showed up for my son's first birthday. I gave him most of the weed I had and I was like look I don't have money for you but I don't want y'all spending money on this because I know you will yeah. <laughs> you know here's now, he yeah he didn't give his son the weed in case people are fucking want to be pricks about it he gave the baby mom the weed because he knows she probably smokes a fuck ton of weed to go along with all the other shit she got going on so I mean, she was a high, Miss High Times 2010, so yeah, she sucks a lot of weed. Okay, okay. That's fucking crazy, man. That's fucking crazy, man. Uh, so, it was helpful at the time. Uh, so, I, so then what happens? Man, I, I spent his birthday with him, um... And I spent three days there with them in Oklahoma. You know, it seemed like everything was okay. And the day I left, they went to the grocery store and DHS knocked on the door. And, uh, you know, I was like, I'm I'm the father of this one. I'm not the father of, you know, the one you're asking about or any of the other children. You know, I'm just this one's father. May ask what's going on? You know, I, I don't know anything. Like, oh, yeah, the youngest son failed for meth and his umbilical cord. Uh, meth, alcohol, weed, and pills. And, you know, we're needing to talk to Miss Amber about this. What? Like, what? (laughs) What did you just tell me? Like, he had. I mean, I totally expect something like this, but like. What do you have? Meth and what else now? It was, it was methamphetamines. I think they're barbiturates. Uh, and they tested for alcohol, and all that was present. When when she took, I, I skipped the whole thing. When she took my son from the hospital, she got pregnant one month later with that with that guy, and had a son with him. And that son 
The wait. Uh, the brand new infant had meth and alcohol in his umbilical cords? And pills, yes. How does... Bro, how does a baby have... Are you saying the baby was born with these things? Yeah, yeah like they when they cut that umbilical cord, they drug test it and they can go uh, back. Yep. Now, this, this time, this time, this time, the baby has... Instead of just weed and alcohol, now the baby has pills, meth, alcohol, weed, pills, syrup, oxycontin, painkillers, cigarettes, weed, Hennessy, vodka. Whatever whatever she fucking can fit in her goddamn bullet. That's crazy to me, dog. That is just crazy. So now you're thinking in your head like, so if the whole time this baby's been being consumed, been being, you know, developed in your womb, you have all these things, then that means the entire time you've been around my child, you've been getting big high on pills, syrup, ice cotton, painkillers, cigarettes, weed, Hennessy, and vodka. It doesn't make sense to me, man, because these are the times when the baby is developing in the womb. You know what I mean? And even though, like, pregnancy is a team thing only one of us can eat food for the baby when the baby is and that's why like again this isn't the podcast where we bash the other gender being a mom is extremely fucking important you know what I mean like it's pretty fucking important it's not like some child needs them both what they mostly need is stability yeah you can't be getting big high ugh you can't be getting big high like that, bro. When you got a, when you have a, when you have a child, another human growing in your body that needs it does. You don't want to give them like you. You may stunt their growth in ways you'll never be able to fix again. And all you gotta do is just stay sober for a fucking set amount of time, and you can get high after. Well, like, yeah. that shit is just so crazy to me, man. Like that is so crazy. So and that it can be like that and she can still have custody of so a child. about that? That whole time that the baby was gone and you were in California and stuff, like, were you considering going to family court? Were you afraid of family court? Were you just like... I was, I was just trying to figure out how to get the love back in my heart because she refused to answer Facebook calls, phone calls, text messages for almost a year. Right. She didn't let me see my kid until... I guess this younger son was born and she was going through some DHS drama. And hey, Peyton, you want to, hey, JP, you want to come see your kid now? Blah, 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 blah. And shortly after I left there, I figured out kind of what that was about. <laughs> um, you know, with the marijuana that I didn't give her. Um, and at that time, I had Hep C pretty bad, which thankfully, I. I got on the medication that's healed now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, I kept some for my own personal, you know, I was, I was going to stop in Colorado, you know, I was going to do all the things and, you know, go back to California. And she knew that I had, you know, the, the amount of weed I had on me, it was much, just a quarter pound and an ounce of oil and right. just something through my head. And uh, I, I was on Greyhound going back, and I got to Kansas City, Missouri, and got off the Greyhound station, and there were two dogs and eight officers waiting. 
bitch called the fucking police on me and let them know that I was riding Greyhound, that I would be going through Kansas City, Missouri, and I was arrested on the spot. Um, I was arrested, you know, felony, felony possession of marijuana. Um, on top of the heroin charge that I was running from that I had caught the year prior, you know, uh, about six months prior to that, plus the, the parole violation, I was running everything just got stacked on top of me at once. And she knew that if I got busted, you know, I'd be doing the amount of time because, you know, once you don't see your kid for a year, they can take your rights. So in the state of Arkansas, once you don't see your kid for a year, they can just take your rights? They can take your rights. If there's, you know, no physical contact, um, if there's, you know, little communication, if the father's, you know, locked up, they can petition to take your rights after one year. See, that's, that's so much funny business because I've never, like, met anyone who was like, yeah, I just straight up was just tired of dealing with this guy. I wanted to fuck something new, and I just took his kid. Fuck him. Never yeah. heard anyone say that. It's always like, this guy's a piece of shit and all this other stuff. But, like, when you get the chance to talk, to look at the real story of what happened, you find out, like, nah, you just didn't want to share this child, bro. You didn't want to acknowledge the fact that he helped you create a child. You know what well, I mean? Well, it was a to you out there and it sound like bro I won't hold you up JP you wanna you we got the same name it's you was doing some piece of shit shit bruh you was getting big high but I'm glad because at the same time you also did some really peaceful things getting high and doing junky shit like that was just just you telling yeah bro like it's it's amazing because like the transparency there how you got through it You know what I mean? But it goes to show, like, you are not no perfect human being, bro. Like, you fought big demons. You the same age as me. You fought big fucking demons along this walk. This wasn't anything that just got handed to you overnight. You fought big demons. And where we're going with the story, folks need to hear everything you're saying. Because there's a dad out there who feels like he's in this position. And there's no way me. It won't work for me. Let's just keep getting through this so you can see. So, all right, man, so, all right, so, she has you pulled off the fucking Greyhound, uh, because she tells on you about the weed, um, basically, pretty much, you give her a whole bunch of herb, bro, that she smoked good on, and so, since she was upset that she was getting high, that she got caught with all that shit in her body, um, since she was upset about that, she decided, man, let me fuck this guy over, really, and, uh, Make sure he's in jail so he can't see his kid the rest of the time. Now, if a motherfucker stole my kid for any amount of time, I'm not giving a motherfucker shit. And if it was up to me, you know what I mean? I ain't giving you shit at all. You cost me all important shit, I'm not giving you shit. If you need weed, fuck you. Need to figure it out with dog. I'm not giving you shit because you stole my shit. Bitch, I'm not giving you shit. But I think it just goes to show how hard it, how great of a heart you have. You have a great heart, bro. And I think a lot of people do have great hearts. But you have a great heart, though. You know what I mean? You're not just some fucking... Even when you were at, like, you know, you're on the run. You know what I'm saying, Jay? You're on the run. You fucking... 
you still having a good heart. You haven't seen your kid in over a year. You're having these credit, you know. Obviously, you had found your peace, though, at this point. You weren't, like, you had found your peace, but you still had a great heart. You know what I mean? You weren't, like, bitter and angry, even though at this point in the story, you hadn't seen your fucking son yet. You weren't bitter and angry, you know? I mean, I was bitter and angry, but I was, you know, while I took that journey out to California, I met I met one of the most influential influential people of my life now, and he's a he's a medicine worker. Um, he does uh, Reiki healing. Um, he's a he's a graduate from Harvard and Yale, and he is my mentor and like my guru now. Right and. You know, it's, it's people like him, you know, after I found that light and going to search for my heart where I found my people to help guide me. And I had to do at that point. No, man, I think that's I think that's some uh, I think that's some pretty powerful stuff. And I know you were bitter throughout the process, but I mean, to go give people some weed. <laughs> I mean, throughout I could tell that like most people we look we most weed smokers like weed. You know what I mean? So it's like but it was generous to the fact that you thought to go take a risk to go give this while I have a charge and a warrant, by the way. I'm gonna take this risk to go give you this. I'm giving it to you to help you here. This is something I can give. Even though you haven't given me something I'll never be able to get back again. Like, you know, my daughter sta- my son standing for the first time, all this first his Googles, his Gagas, all the moments that make me light up. I didn't even want to leave the room when he was born. You know what I mean? You just made me miss a year. But I still will take this risk to come bring you this to help you out with something. You know what I mean? And that, and it'll be straight, too. You won't even have to worry about it. It'll be straight. You know? Like, it, it's, 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 it's crazy that you even took that chance all to get fucking told on me. You didn't even you didn't even know what was coming when you can't you didn't you didn't know that D, that this person was on the floor with DHS. Not only, but at this point, this makes you look like you was giving it. You know what I'm saying? Like you had something to do with her getting high, and you hadn't even been fucking with her like that. Any, you know what I mean? It's, it's crazy how I I never met anybody that could pre-plan every fucking move to a T to manipulate somebody and carry through with it. And I just didn't think people thought like that against each other. You know, like I, I've seen the ins and outs of you know the fights in jail and you know some real shit, and it's you know it's not manipulated. You, it wasn't manipulated from what I saw. It was cut dry. You fucked up. And this is what <laughs> yeah, bitch. You said you were supposed to pay me yesterday. Where is it? Yeah, well I was trying to. Work. Mm. And then they scuffle, and then shit. Maybe by tonight they might be talking again. He may have felt you paid. All right, now we can talk again, be friends. But like, the reality is, is like, there's folks out there who don't really move like that. They're like more so like, go behind your bag, motherfucker, plan, get you to plan this, plan that. And that, and it is fucked up. Them type of people are out there. You know what I'm saying? Like you thinking five steps in advance to get to this with me when you could just. Why don't you just skip a step and you know what I'm saying? That shit is just cursing and just like pitching and all these things will come. Yeah. So, Jay, you get pulled off of this fucking bus. All right. 
So tell me a little bit what happens after you step off the bus. The bus fucking pulls up. There's dogs. There's everything there. Do you know as soon as you see all these police that she set you up immediately? Like, do you know I, I, what happens? I, I knew. I knew. I knew. I knew it was for me. Was your product like wrapped up? You were you good and sealed? Some of it was. Um, I had I had uh, an ounce of oil that was unwrapped in what they a uh, half pound of what they thought was hash, um, but it was uh, is uh, coca leaf because um, the the hep C didn't I didn't have energy, so I'd chew on coca leaf um, during the day. Right. And just kind of get my energy. I told him it was hash, so of course, yeah, that's fucking hash. You don't need to test it. Right. Uh, you got, you got me, officer. You know, here's everything else I got. And you know, at that point, it was like a, a dread. Like I wanted to, I just wanted to fucking kill her again. And <laughs> right. I could see, I could see and hear those doors closing again in my life. Right. <laughs> but it was the first time in my life that. When those doors did, Kansas City was a scary fucking jail. I had fucking fighting every day, like, and I was one. I was one of two white guys in this pod. So that is super, super interesting. Because if I was at that Kansas City jail, it seemed like I would be one of your friends. Because even though I look, I made a lot of friends. Don't get me wrong, but there's still a lot. There's still a lot of people that hated me. Yeah, no. Look, hey, look. I said I would be one of them because I don't see no color and shit. I just don't. But I mean, I understand it's there. Don't get me wrong. But like at the same time, like I see people have hearts. They all need chances. Even folks who see one way. If we don't give them the experience the fuck they need and that we keep claiming that they're missing, if we don't try to give them that experience as many times as we can, then what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, so, but like, talk to me about that. You first, you pull into this Kansas City jail, you walk in there. Um, obviously, you're not thinking automatically like, damn, on the way there, I'm going to be the only white person in there or anything like that. So you get there and you are one of the few white people there. Just talk to me about that first day a little bit because it's all relevant because you never would have had even fucking got detected or you never even would have been in the fucking vicinity if the lady didn't bring you over there and didn't call the police on you. What you say now? I, I said if it wasn't for her. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. So what, what, how, what, how'd you handle this fucking jail experience in Kansas City? Well, how'd that go? Man, they, uh, I, spent, I spent a week before they extradited me. And I was in, I was in the, Holden, the Holden pod, which was about 80, 60, 80 guys up on the top floor of this, like, 20-story building. Right. <laughs> and, I mean, it... <sighs> It was unlike anything I'd ever seen before. Like, if I wanted to use the phone, I, I basically had to assert myself into that, almost get in a fight every fucking time to try to use the phone. Um, but I, did, I didn't have those guys that, that stuck up for me. And, you know, the weirdest the weirdest thing I've ever seen, man. And, you know, I, I, I was raised in the South. And I was raised around a lot of bullshit that I, I don't agree with and that I don't fly with. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, I used to be a damn hippie man. Right. Before I was uh, uh, loving life. And I'm still that way. Yeah. I still try to 
But the reality is, man, me and you been chopping it up for a good hour here. I have no reason to lie. When I think of rural Arkansas, it don't sound like somewhere where I might, where it might be friendly for me. You feel me? But I, I could be wrong. It's just that I don't know. I'd be thinking about like, but it's this not. I'm. It's just a stigma. You know what I mean? It's a stigma. Man, it's a fucking you, stigma. You more likely than not, just have a, a warm hot meal waiting for you and a bonfire and a good good sack of smoke. And yeah. See, that's just like just that's why it's good to have the opportunity to talk to fucking folks from other, and that. But that's 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 why I want to do details. You know, I clean cars. It's, that's why I try to do business and go do the go go to the places where people say that, um, like we got a clan capital here in Michigan. I still go there and do business there because I want I want to see the community. I want to see some good faces. I want I want to I want to I want I want to. You know what I mean? I want to I want to like I don't I want to kill that stay. I want to get over that. But hell yeah, bro, that shit is crazy, man. It's just crazy that you were there. So you 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 know you're one or two you were saying like you were saying that you didn't really come around that. Did did that come into play? Like what what, what, what? I mean it it came into play but you know the craziest thing and it's still the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life is it was it wasn't really it wasn't too much of a color thing more as it was like you're not from our town, but yes, you are white. The craziest thing I've ever seen is in that jail. It wasn't. It wasn't whites against blacks. It wasn't Mexicans against you know whites or anything like that. Uh, all the guards in that in that jail were from Nigeria and Ethiopia and stuff like that, and it was straight on. Um, Black folks versus Africans. Yes, and it was like they were the the Nazi master race because they were from fucking Africa. It's like what in the actual fuck is going like? We're like we're brothers. Like we're yeah, <laughs> no, <laughs> it is. that shit, that shit, that shit is quite crazy, dog. To think like that, yeah, that shit is quite crazy. I mean, I I I don't I don't. You know what I mean? I, I feel how you feel. I think if we could all see what we got in common, like we could move a lot better than if we all argued about what we don't have in common. When you fucking talk to another sports fan, if all you do is find, you know, things that aren't the same and fucking just you you guys are going to be arguing and, and your your direction of your conversation is going to go one way quick, you know? Mm -hmm. But if you start talking about, like, it could be friendly fire at the same time, still letting them know that you still respect them and stuff like that. Oh, Fuck yeah. It's constructive criticism. Yeah. yeah. Long way in the world. It's crazy, man. It's so much. It's so fucking crazy how, like, even within races, even within one color of a skin tone of one people, there can still be so many other things that, so much hatred and so much ignorance I mean, about all of it, that man. That's crazy, man, and that's for every culture and it's it's so fucking crazy to me how much hate is out there, bro. But you said it though, man. There needs to be more love out there, man. So you're in this fucking fucking eighty man pod, uh, and you're just in this situation. What happens next, man? Why'd you get through? Uh, I re I realize that you know, as as shitty as this is about to be, that it's you know. I'm, I actually started becoming thankful because now I didn't have to run. Now I had no way out. 
except to deal with the shit that I had to deal with. And I knew, I knew that my, my son wasn't in a safe home. Right. You know, I'd seen that DHS officer three days prior, and now I'm sitting in jail, and I can't fight for my son. I can't fight because DHS is there. I can't walk up to nowhere. Even if she's getting arrested for dope and blah, 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 if I go walk and my son's in DHS custody, I walk up to get them, they're taking me too. Right. And I realized then and there <laughs> that this is an opportunity to, you know, pull my head out of my ass and do and, and change. Uh, as soon as this moment I saw my son's face, I knew my, my shit was over with. Right. I just I just didn't know how that was going to play out, and sitting in that jail, they expedited they extradited me. Um, I, I sat, sat for six months uh, for my heroin charge to be tried with that. Then they transferred me again for my parole violation, and I got out. I got out from that, and I got back to work. And I started demanding visitation from my ex-wife to see my son. I was working. I started paying, you know, the child support that I was ordered after we got our divorce. Um, you know, I was ordered child support. And then I, you know, I started using heroin. And, oh, oh, uh, what charge was your ex-wife hit? What did they charge her with for Delivering a baby with pills, syrup, ice, cotton, pancakes, cigarettes, weed, Nothing. and vodka. Nothing. And this is this is how it turned out is because when I got arrested, she fled Oklahoma where that happened. And I think they went to Wyoming. And while I was sitting in jail uh, taking care of all my stuff, uh, they, they, they just get to Wyoming and started a new life, got on a cattle ranch up there. Uh, in the middle of nowhere where nobody could really find him. And uh, I got out of jail and there I was, I was bonded out. I was waiting for my trial for my parole violation. And, uh, you know, I was paying rent. I was working a job. I was living with my parents again, you know, just waiting, waiting to hear. And they, six, I got out in December and then November, I thought almost a year, um, they sentenced me to two years for failing a drug test for weed, which automatically revoked everything that went on, even though I had my medical marijuana card. It didn't matter. It was the deciding factor on, you know, whether I was going to go to prison for that or not. So I spent two-year sentence in Arkansas, nonviolent crimes, you do 45 days, but I did six months. Um, and an RPF program where it's, you know, wake up and make your bed right and tight and you got to you gotta stand and deuce and, you know, you got to chant and you got to, you know, Ooh, for, yeah. yeah, 18, 18, 19 hours a day. Right. While I, and, you know, I, while I was in there, I, I signed up for a college course and, you know, I, I, I realized that, you know, that this is my opportunity. You know, if, if my son's going to have any chance in life, I, you know, with my ex-wife, Amber, that, you know, I have to take the opportunities that are given to me while I'm sitting 
you know, in the cell. And uh, at that point, they had moved from Wyoming to Colorado because she got in trouble for drinking or something. I still don't know what happened in Wyoming. They moved to Colorado. Um, and I got out, when I got out of prison, um, they moved then from Colorado to Wyoming. Wyoming or Kansas, man, it's hard to know. My son's moved every four to six months since he was born. Um, and it's all over drug-related bullshit. They got, they moved from one place because her boyfriend got so high on meth. He, and this was like in Kansas or Wyoming or some shit. He thought I was living in their basement and that I was coming out during the day while he went to work and... And just fucking off the, off the wall shit. And uh, about about five months after I got out of prison, um, my time frame's a little jumpy. But uh, I got I got pictures of my son with a with a swollen black eye. My mom started getting all these text messages and Facebook messages from her boyfriend's mother. Like, I'm so sorry my son has done this to you. I see what, you know, Amber's really about. She's high on meth. So your son had a black eye, just like my kid had a black eye, JP. Is that what you're telling me, man? Your son had a fucking black eye. You seen your son with a blacked up eye? Twice. Twice? This dude was punching your fucking son, bro? No, it was her. Oh. It was her. And I, besides this dude stealing all those moments away from me, I hold the highest respect for him because he has tried to maintain a household with that fucking woman for the past three years with her just being a drug addict, alcoholic, and he has done what he, he's done what he's had to do and done his best to teach my, my son some respect. And, you know, as much as I hate him, I hold more respect for him just because I knew she wouldn't give me that chance regardless. And he did everything in his power to make sure that my son was okay. Yeah, he better had. He got choked out before the fucking shit even started. <laughs> he better God. had. But yeah, shout no, out I to didn't. him though, because he could have been. You know what I mean? He could have. He could have. He could have done a real bad job. But it sounds like he fucking did a stellar job. But I'm being serious. You choked his ass out and you set the tone early. You know what I mean? I don't condone the violence, but damn it. You did do that. You know what I mean? You set the tone very early in, in that thing. And I'm glad, like, you know what I mean? It's crazy that he was tweaking out and thinking. I thought he was tweaking out and fucking hitting your son and fucking you up. You know what I mean? I was about to be like, oh, shit, that, this this is terrible. But that's, that's, that's okay. It's not good that she was doing that either. It's not good that they were both getting high, but at least he maintained. He, I mean, he's... He's a rancher, so I mean, yeah. he has to wake up at five thirty in the morning and go take care of cows and horses, regardless of right. how drunk or hungover he is. Right, right, right. That shit is yeah. that shit is unique, man. That shit is unique. So, what happens next, JP? She, your kid has the black eyes. You see these pictures. I mean, 
I, I get these text messages, I get these pictures, um, and I get, uh, I'm living out with one of my neighbors. I have, you know, my, where I'm living now, uh, on top of the mountain, I was living out there, you know, back in the day, growing my medicine and doing what I had to do. And uh, I get all these messages and... I call a friend of mine that lived up in <laughs> up in the town and I had talked about Eureka Springs. Right. Um, and I called her and told her the situation and she had a three bedroom house and one kid and the father didn't want to be a part of his life and you know, to me now that child calls me Uncle Dad. Right. You know, even though me and his mom don't talk. Right. But I moved in I moved in with her and I gave a lawyer the the only money I had in my pocket, my parents split it with me, and so we had an even two grand, and we filed for emergency custody. Fucking right. And uh, it took, you know, six, six months to actually start bringing her, like, get a court date set, you know, because she didn't get served because she moved from where she was living then to another state. Um, you know, just getting in trouble, and you know, I didn't really understand why they kept moving until this year. <laughs> but um, so, what year was this that you're in that these black eyes occurred? I started in 2019. Our timeline is our the timeline. One of, one of them happened while I was in prison. Right. So you you weren't really alerted of it. Were you alerted of it in the joint? Oh, I was alerted to it because I video called my son and he had a black eye, but you know, nothing nothing was done about it. Oh, he just got kicked in the face by a horse. What? <laughs> my son got kicked like that, that's not that's not a horse kick. There's no there's no hoof print on his head. He his face would have been caved in. Exactly. Like, that's what I was thinking. If a horse kicked your three year old son in the head, a horse kick? He would have a two and a half year old at that point. Two and a half year old, he would have knocked a two and a half year old's whole shit in, even if he did it on accident, like a light one, a light one. He would have knocked the shit in. So that doesn't line up. But it's just crazy to think that now you got to go back into an environment around a in, back into the hang up your phone call, and step back into the jungle. That's yeah. crazy. And keep it peaceful. And I can't do nothing about it. I couldn't. I couldn't talk to a DHS officer in prison. I couldn't. I couldn't do nothing about it. I is, couldn't call for an emergency check on my son. Nothing. And I want everybody to understand where JP is in this story. And if you think that you're in jail and that you that you're in drug, you have a drug charge or something like that, and you feel like you can't do anything to save your kids, keep listening. So then, what happens, JP? Um, I stand. You know the about you know, four or six months, you know, waiting to go to court. And, uh, she had, she had during this time, um, that we filed emergency custody. It wasn't only the black eye. Um, I had got, uh, a call, uh, right before, right before the visitation that I was, that I picked him up to file emergency custody. Um, I got a call from her sister's boyfriend again, 
and he's like, Hey, you need to come over here. You need to, you need to take Amber and your son and you need to hide them. Leon's high on meth. He's drunk outside the house. He's trying to beat up Amber. And I picked her up that morning. Um, and this is the morning that I took my son for visitation after all that occurred. Um, she, I took her to the courthouse and she filed a, uh, a restraining order on her boyfriend saying that my child has witnessed extreme abuse in the household that he has continuously beat her up which he has laid hands on her uh, and you know you'll hear more about that in a, in a minute but um she filed a, a restraining order and it got signed by the judge and then i i took my son for visitation and uh we went to court about six months after that, and she told the judge to his face that none of what she wrote down on paper and that he signed for was true, which was true, but she didn't want to get in trouble for it. So no, Your Honor, all of that was a lie. I'm still on call at this point. Um, and they awarded her custody back, even though I had, I had pictures and I had, I had, a, I had her handwriting. My my lawyer was like, "This is your handwriting. This is everything you said. None of it was coerced." Yes, sir. But you're telling me now this is the lie. Yes, sir, I am. All right. Can we move on to the next thing? Is literally what the judge said. He said, "None of this is admissible. Give the kid back by five o'clock today." What the fuck? I had to drive from the courthouse to my parents' house, pick him up, and drive an hour to meet her boyfriend and put my son in that truck. And put him back in danger. How was that experience? Oh, yeah. Uh, it ripped everything out of me. It ripped... I thought all I thought there's no more hope. I didn't think I would be able to do anything for my kid whatsoever. I'm on paper. I'm a felon. You know, she's trying to use my past against me. Oh, he's just a dirty train hopping hippie. You know, he he doesn't have a stable place to live. All he does is music festivals and smoke pot and grow weed. Yeah, and. You know, that, that was what the judge saw me as, so he awarded custody back. And, you know, I just, I felt, I fell off deep. Um, and from there, they moved, they lived in Arkansas at that point, just for a month period, a two-month period. They moved to Nebraska, and the first chance I got, my first visitation, I drove up to Nebraska and, you know, I, I, I sat down with her boyfriend. I was like, look, man, you, know, you saw everything that happened. You know, you all these pictures. Here's the text messages I got from your mother. Here's everything. And if you were in my fucking position, you would do the same goddamn thing, would you not? And, you know, we, we hit it off. We actually had a good couple days at... It was a little bit rocky at first, but by the end of it, I was help, I was pushing cattle across, you know, across the land in Nebraska with five other cowboys out there pushing them twenty miles, and 
sorting cattle with the family and just being there with my kid, watching my kid uh, see me ride horses and rope cattle. And he never thought I could do that shit. Like, daddy's a cowboy too. No, dad's just dirty. That dirty hillbilly hippie. I know how to do a little bit of everything. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But um, the, the day I was supposed to leave... Nebraska, one of the youngest uh, children, he had hid my keys, but my ex-wife went out, um, her stepdaughter, who was 16 at that point, had a friend over, and they went out around noon, and, you know, this is the day I'm leaving, I'm, I'm getting stuff packed up, she said she was going to go to the store and get me some stuff for my trip back to Arkansas. And we didn't hear from her for about four and a half hours. And, you know, it's just me and my, me and the other kids and stepdad out there doing cowboy stuff. And one of the kids runs into the cattle ring and tells, you know, dad's name is Leon. That's his stepdad's name. Leon, Leon, you know, Amber, Amber's on the phone. She needs your help. And he goes in the house. And when he walked out, he was a different fucking person. And he drove, he peeled out of the driveway, drove down the road. 45 minutes later, they came back. <laughs> she had, again, put a car, she'd gotten drunk with the 16-year-old stepdaughter and her friend and wrecked the car into a ditch and couldn't get it out. And they were sitting there for an hour before a farmer came by. Because out in the bright, there's one cop for a 60-mile radius. Right. I know going to get caught out there. Right. Farmer helped pull him out. Uh, Leon came and drove the car home. Had one of the other boys drive the other car home. And uh, she gets in the house, and I'm sitting there with JP and... The daughter walks in, she rushes in behind, just tell Leon I had one shot, this one shot of liquor, you know, like, oh my God, here we fucking go. And she, she used to abuse me when, before my son was born, et cetera. And I, I saw that look in her eyes and this girl walked out of the house with a handful of bacon and walked across this cattle field because he went to know in the lawn. He didn't want to talk to her, didn't want to do nothing. Right. I watched her fucking slap a handful of bacon on his face and she pushed him off the lawnmower and punched him in the face and he got up and decked her in the face and dragged her a quarter of a mile from where he was mowing to the front of the barn and slapped the piss out of her and walked inside and I was supposed to be gone but I couldn't I couldn't find my keys anywhere right you know, I didn't, the youngest kid hit him. And she follows in after him, dazed and confused and bloody, and they just start beating the shit out of each other. What the and my, fuck? My, my, kid, my kid's sitting there, she, her shirt's getting ripped off, he's slamming her head up against the table. At one point, my son was in between both of them while he decked her in the face, and I had to run in between both their, both of their bodies to get my son out from underneath him. Stop hurting my mommy. Stop hurting my mommy. I'm just right. quiet. You fucking dope things got me here fighting and which in front stopping this mess and shit, bro. I'm just here to be a parent, bro. I took, I told all the other children to go into their rooms and not open the doors. And I took my son outside and I watched through the blinds as he knocked her out 
about 12 times every time she got back up at one point I, I thought the fight was over and my son ran back in in the in the house and I, I found him trying to go up the stairs while she's on the ground and he's putting his cowboy boot to her face what the fuck man and uh you know her jaw is pretty busted at this point and all this shit and I you know her whole family is like why didn't she jump in that fight because I didn't fucking start it. And my job was exactly to do what the fuck I did and tell those kids to go in their bedroom and take my son out of that situation. Why she, brought, jump in? she brought that ass beating on her goddamn self. Why didn't you jump in it? Did you guys hear any of the story? She went out with minors, got drunk, crashed a car, cost me motherfucking my trip where I'm supposed to be, fuck my shit up. Not to mention, put a cage on me. Stole my motherfucking kids, right? I'm just still going here. I'm still going here. Then on top of all of that, she walked across the field, smacked this man with bacon, and punched him in his head. And you saying, why they not stop it? Like, I'm saying, like, I what? no one in their household told the kids to fucking... You know what I'm saying? Nobody cared about the kids. It was all about the fucking fight. It's so oh, interesting yeah. to at me. One point, at one point, Leon yelled at her, do you realize who the fuck is here and you're about to lose your children? She was like, I don't give a fuck about my kids. It's exactly verbatim what came out of her mouth. Bro, that shit is really fucking crazy, man. So then what happens? Is that... That's something crazy. So then what he, happens, Jay? The police showed up. They didn't even question me. They just took him to jail and took pictures and left because they had told the sheriff all about who I was and I was just a lying asshole. So they didn't want to hear my, my part of the story. Right. Um, and I, I got all the kids to bed. I got everybody settled down. The 16-year-old was in the household hyperventilating couldn't breathe thought we were going to have to have an ambulance out there because uh, she's going to PTSD and everything like she's yeah. rocking back and forth and I spent an hour after I got the kids to bed settling her down and the next day I loaded up my son and her youngest son and her and I drove them back to Arkansas with me to get them out of that household what you and her the, the, the chick? I took her too. Right. I mean, she was part of the problem. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I knew I couldn't. I, I just, I didn't know, know what to do. Yeah, you know, yeah, I was, Hell you yeah, know, no. your, your face is literally caved in right now. Yeah. Like, you went over there and you punched that fucking man in his shit. And you fucking well, you wanted to fight like a man, and you got to fight. You got fought like a man. Like, and that's I don't really condone that. That's what the fuck happens. And and when I'm talking on this, obviously I'm speaking on this, and I don't condone of it at all. I just I, I, I just either. speak. I speak so much of the the dangers, the dangers of that situation. You know what I mean? Like this guy's this guy was a drug addict too. You don't know what the fuck could have happened. That shit is just crazy. It's crazy that those that you saw this person get knocked out twelve times right in front of you, and it's crazy that all those kids were around. That's and crazy. she got back and she got back up and tried to and just wanted more. That just is, wanted. 
Bro, that is, that's crazy, but it just goes to show, like, there's really spirits out there. So then what happens, JP? Well, we, uh, we go back to Arkansas, and she, uh, dropped her off at her sister's house, and with her, the youngest, Dakota, and mine, JP, and, uh, you know, I, I get them settled in, and I, I go back to doing my thing. You know, I've contacted my lawyer, uh, you know, I, th- I thought I was going to be able to start court proceedings. I, I fucking witnessed every goddamn thing that fucking happened. And I thought, this is, this is it. <laughs> like, this is fucking it. Right. And uh, I, I get back to doing my work stuff. And I come in another day. And the guy that I took her from, uh, her ex-boyfriend before that, I walk in the door to, you know, to, Check on my son and tuck him goodnight because now he's finally within a 20-mile radius of where I'm at, and I can do that. I can go after I worked a hard day and go see hey, can I just kind of come by and say goodnight to my son? Like, that would mean the world to me because yeah. you've never given me the opportunity to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I walk in one day, and she that that... She's sitting on that guy's lap and in the kitchen in front of my kid, making out with him and and just drunk as shit. Just 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 stupidity. And I was, you know, whatever, Amber. Um, you know, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you dig your hole here. And uh, I was. I had to file a statement to do anything um, with the case that with the Nebraska case, I had to file a separate witness statement because the police didn't do their job. But what happened, and as soon as they got the witness statement, I don't don't know what happened, whether the judge got paid a lot of money, but a month after that happened, they sealed the case. And I was unable to get any paperwork from that. The pictures that the police took, the report that they had made, I couldn't get any of it. Is is gone to the wind, and he wasn't in, in trouble. He was out of jail, and he came from he came from Nebraska, and he came and picked them up again, and took them away again, and moved them to Alabama. And she just, she went back, went back to him. So what year is this, JP? Huh? What year is this? This was 2012. This was, what's this year? 2020? 2021? Okay. So, yeah. So, so, she, so, so she gets in the car with the with the dude and loads up and goes back to Alabama. Man, she just is everywhere. So then what? Well, they, they not even go back. They moved from Nebraska at that point to Alabama. Um, you good? Go ahead. So, <laughs> okay. So. um they get to Alabama, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, you know, every every two months, I'm, 
you know, I'm, I'm trying to at least go see my son and, uh, God, this happened. What was this now? March. March of this year. Okay, so yeah, about one year after the original, um, the original custody agreement that they did all this, um, they moved to Nebraska, that happened, they're in Alabama, and just March of this year, um, and in this meantime, I've, I've got off parole, um, I got off parole in October last year, um, that was, that was a big thing for me, um, the Kansas City, Missouri charges that she caught me on. They gave me drug court, and I just graduated drug court four months ago, mm -hmm. or five months ago. Um, so right now, my rec my record's pretty much clean. And through today, after her birthday, March sixteenth of this year, um, I get. I get a phone call from her boyfriend's mother again with several text messages that that Amber is back on drugs again and that she got drunk and she she hurt a child and that's all that's all his mother would tell me for about a week is that Amber got drunk and hurt a child and she was no longer living at their household. And nobody would tell me anything uh, for about a week. I would video call, and she pretended that she was in Atlanta because they were supposed to go for spring break to the big uh, aquarium in Atlanta, and she was in a hotel room pretending like she was in Atlanta when she was actually in a hotel room in Alabama. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, I'm trying to I'm trying to press her a little bit for these things because I, if you confront her about anything, any kind of truth whatsoever, it's an auto, you got an automatic fight on your hands, mm -hmm. and you better be ready for at least thirty six hours of straight bullshit. Thirty six hours. She will fight you to the end of the earth if you call her out on anything. Her whole life is a lie. Um, but uh, my son starts, you know, I video chat him, and there's one time she ran into the gas station, and I'm video chatting my son, and he looks at me, he's like, Dad, I'm not okay. Like, what? Like, do you need me to come get you? Like, he's like, Dad, I, I'm not okay. And he's, like, looking around to make sure his mom is, like, still getting her cigarettes or whatever. Right. And uh, he just kind of got quiet about it, and she got back in the car, and my dad, I got to go. And I finally, about a month, March 16th, about April 4th, uh, or April 5th rolls around, and I send a message that, you know, what, you know, basically what I'm tired of, tired of just like being afraid of this fight like here we fucking go like hey what's going on my son's saying he's not okay Amber you're obviously not in fucking Atlanta you're obviously 
not at home. Something is going on and somebody's fucking lying to me. I've got proof of something going on, but I don't know anything. Fuck you, me and Leon are fine. We love each other more than anything. You're just pre- you're just mad because he's been a better father than you could ever be. Like, bitch, you never even gave me a chance to be a goddamn father. Right. You've hardly given me one fucking iota of a fucking chance to see my kid yeah. or just, or pay child support because I'm fucking in jail for six months on this, six months on you calling the goddamn cops on me, like. Let's do goddamn time frame here, and you want to call me a piece of shit because I haven't paid child support? Like, I haven't been able to. I mean, child support is a scam, anyways, but that's that's, that's a whole nother thing. But, dog, so then what happens? Um, You had no time. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't. I couldn't. And and Leon actually messaged me, messaged back, like, it was this group text, and, you know, he's like, yeah, baby, I got you, like, blah, 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 because she wanted, I guess she, she was getting ready to leave Alabama, because she's in Texas right now, she's been in three different uh, cities in Texas uh, in the past two months, so she was leaving Alabama, making this making it seem like everything is okay. And the next day I get a call from her boyfriend and he basically is like, look, man, this shit's out of fucking control. I don't want any fucking part of it anymore. Like, here's the truth of what happened. Like Amber got drunk. Trey called Trey, one of his other children. He's like, he called her out for being drunk and she threw him on the floor and choked him to where he thought, he was going to die. Like, I have all this in a, in a recording. Uh, <laughs> right. I recorded the whole conversation. Of course, you had to. Um, he's like, she punched, held him down, punched him in the face, and choking him out. All, all, all because he called her out for being drunk. And uh, he was like, yeah, I beat the shit out of her. I beat the ever-loving fucking shit out of her. I was like, whatever, man. If she was on your kid, I would probably would have fucking done worse, you know? And, uh, you know, my, my son again witnessed this whole thing and, uh, he, he told me the whole story. She ran to Texas and for my summer visitation, because, you know, I was after, after that first custody battle, for some reason, the two weekends a month was too much, so they dumbed down my rights to one weekend a month. They can live anywhere they want in the country as long as they notify the courts first. And I get only four weeks in the summer instead of the six to eight weeks. Like, No, the thing is, is that with everything you've said so far, there's no reason why you should have been having weekends or anything like that. Now... You've told a pretty transparent story, like, about a lot of your fuck-ups. But one thing this adversity has given you through all these, you know, jail stays and fucking stints with fucking on and off of the dog, you know what I'm saying? Dog, what I've noticed is that the adversity has created a, 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 an unbreakable 
something that's, you know what I mean? Not to say yeah. that, like, you can't ever go back the other way, because you can. Anybody who does something, uh, anybody who starts off one place, uh, any human being can start going the wrong way at any point. And it doesn't really matter. Like, anybody anywhere can start going the wrong way. I've talked to dads on this podcast who are clean. When we talked, and then, like, a couple months later, they'll hit me up, like, yeah, I fucked up. I... Hey man, I'm happy you fucking called me and that you you know what I'm saying. You didn't think I was gonna fucking judge you. You thought like you you thought to come to me with it. That's beautiful because I'm getting ready to tell you, clean the fuck up. Let's go. I'm gonna tell you exactly what I would tell a teammate or anybody else. You know what I mean? Let's fucking go. Ain't but you're not this perfect. This is the thing you have to do. So let's fucking do it. Yeah, like I'm not perfect. Like fucking, but it goes to show like you. You had some. You had battled some serious adversity, bro. You battled some serious adversity up to this point. It's so, given me also an opportunity, and to, uh, at least in my perspective, a leg up on people that haven't gone through this. Yeah. And that's and that's what and that's what we have to offer is you know fathers and addicts of any kind is once we come out of it, we have a perspective that the world doesn't have, and we have you know a. a, a acceptance in our heart for people that most people don't have mm-hmm. the experience is, is, is something is something crazy man the, the experience there's been a lot of hurt in this but yeah I'm I still grateful that it happened so so listen man so uh, you're only getting this a little bit amount of time with your kid which was absolutely 100% wrong because at this point you're clean you're not you wouldn't hurt any kids and, and like you Recently, since your son has been born, you've only really gotten high uh, when you really miss your kid. And that really sucks, but I'm glad, like, you didn't, like, jump off a bridge, jump out your car at a high speed. You know what I'm saying? Shoot yourself in the sure. head. Something that I mean, those, those thoughts were there. Those thoughts were there. That's but, what you know, I'm I... saying. That's why I'm glad. Like, it's, like, it's fucked up that you went and, and, and shot back up at the same time. It's also a blessing that you didn't kill yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like just flat out fucking kill yourself. So you numbed yourself. It went. It was that, but you cleaned it up again. You you're just you're not stuck. That's why it's like, bro. Why weren't your kids? They should have been with you immediately. But I guess like you did have these charges, and if they don't walk in there, I don't have any fucking drug charges, like, you know what I mean? I don't have, my record is clean since I was a kid, like, I got a lot of trouble as a kid, but since I've been an adult, my record is relatively clean, I have nothing, so, like, for them to not do anything, but I could see, like, if I had other charges and shit, I could see them not wanting, you know what I mean? Because if they don't want there's a, there's a lot of it that I understood, but there's even more of it that, you know, it's just like, yeah, How can you guys like look past that? That's exactly what I'm saying. Even with those charges, there's nothing about you hurting any fucking kids. There's nothing Never. about. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's like we gotta. We, it, it's crazy, especially because the second the heroin charges I'm noticing. If I go back and what I heard was correct, the the heroin charges never even would have had came about had you. You just fell off into a fucking rut, got careless because you fucking... I missed my kid. You missed your son, bro. That's that's it. And, like, a person could be like, oh, that's an excuse, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is, like, that was what you did to numb pain. Like, you weren't a drinker. Like, you weren't a fucking... 
no matter what. It, like it was also an excuse, too, you know, and I, yeah. I can own that, you know. I, yeah, no. There are a hundred other things I could have done to man up, yeah, but and, and that's I where chose you, that. And that's where you at now. Nowadays, you feeling bad, you work out. That's where you at now. You Nowadays, you keep feeling upset. You got other things you can fucking do now. But, God, there's so, there's too, so much on my plate to do now. Holy so, crap. So what happens next? Um, so I, she, uh, she leaves for Texas. Her boyfriend told me everything that happened and, you know, I, I don't, I don't let her know anything at this point. You know, you don't want to fucking tell me a goddamn thing and I'm finding out things months, months later. I don't fucking owe you the goddamn courtesy to fucking tell you any goddamn thing. Or lock me up on purpose with a fucking trap. Man, you know what you did. I wasn't fucked. This ain't no petty shit. No, you fucking really put some shit on me, motherfucker. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, so she, she was first in Galveston and then north of Houston, um, like a, two weeks later, and I, I, I got him pinpointed. I forced her to give me the address, like, look, I, I need to know where my son's at, and actually I'm coming to pick him up for my summer vacation. You know, can, you know, do this, this, and this, you know, I'll drive there, I'll drive back, but this is the only time frame I have with my job right now so can we we do this and i okay and in one of her bipolar uh nice moods you know agreed upon oh yeah we can definitely be co-parents like we're way past that we're (laughs) we're way goddamn that shit sailed fucking years ago (laughs) right goddamn tripping (laughs) and fucking I drove to Houston to go pick up my son for our summer vacation, and she's uh, she's showing me this RV that she wants to buy, and you know, I'm like, you know, whatever, you know, whatever works for you, Amber, you know, fucking go at it, girl, and I get I get my kid back to to Fayetteville, and you know, we wait we waited about three weeks before I filed, just, you know, let me enjoy my time with my son before I fucking rock the boat with my lawyer. And, um, I finally, you know, we finally, we're trying to get the paperwork going. I was asking her where she was at now because she had moved from the the latest place to some new aunt's house that I've never even there's she has so many family I think it's people she meets on Tinder and then it's automatic goddamn oh you're you're my niece and nephew and <laughs> right fucking whatever the fuck my son has cousins now that I've never even goddamn heard about before in my life right like the fuck are you doing and uh, I filed for emergency custody. I sent in those recordings. I, I sent in the pictures. I sent in everything in the past uh, I have in the past five years and or four years. Um, the judge has ordered ordered emergency custody now. Um, my son has been here since or what's June now. 
almost two months now he's been with me. Um, so he's been with friend. you since you drove to Houston to go pick him up. Yes, I did not. I would not refuse to return him. Fucking right. That's what's up, man. Put your son in danger no more, man. Why for? Because you know why? This lady's beating on her fucking kids, bro, and getting big high and big drunk. So after she learns that you're not returning them, what happens, bro? Because I know she's probably pissed. God damn it, man. She flipped the whole time. Filed paper. She tried to file paperwork on me. I've had the cops here two times now for, you know, welfare checks and her trying to get people my address. I have all these new cars driving down my my road now, always waving at me, like, fucking, hey, I'm just that, like, and... I, before, you know, before this, I, you know, I didn't really have a leg to stand on. I had, I had left that house in Eureka and I had tried to get custody before and, you know, moved, moved back in with some hippie friends. And then I was back with my parents and, uh, you know, I got an opportunity, uh, you know, right before all this, all this happened, uh, last year, um, I got a call and, this guy offered me a trailer for $300 a month out here on National Forest. I've got five acres now. Um, it's a little trailer that I've redone. Um, there's a barn out front that I tore down. I put it all on the inside. And, and I've got two, three, four, five, I've got about seven gardens now. My son's bedroom is finally finished. I'm out outside all day building more gardens every day i bought my son a goat two weeks ago so he has a, a goat and two dogs that he runs the national forests with and hey man that's some dope and shit, uh, man. she's the she, her boyfriend's going for custody of his youngest son so now she's having to drive for from texas to alabama for custody hearing and then to arkansas for another custody hearing you inspired him huh oh yeah and now she's got a boyfriend and a girlfriend down there in texas because she can't goddamn stay single or have her legs closed for fucking five minutes that's uh, fucking crazy bro that's gonna be trying to move, she's trying to move off his family and you know his they went to court a few weeks ago, and it ruled that uh, she gets her youngest son every two weeks until the court date happens. So uh, that that just and that's another thing that sucks is you know their two weeks is just up. You know she was bringing her youngest son around her new boyfriend and her new girlfriend shacked up in this uh, Airbnb beach house for a few days with her new fucking try fucked of whatever right. and uh you know i me and me and her ex-boyfriend now have actually kind of tried to we've come together and we we see eye to eye on things you know right. from cho choking them out in the hospital to now i never thought we would be where we are at now well that's good to hear but this past few days he just promised my son that you know i'm going down to pick up your brother and you know i'm Next stop is to see you. I promise, I promise, I promise. And 
was three days ago and nobody's showed up. Nobody's answered their phones. Nobody's bothered to let me know what's up. My son's sitting here. Dad, is some, did I do something? Like, you know what? I'm fucking tired of letting you people hurt my son, whether it's emotionally or physically. I, you know, I, I want my son to have a relationship with the brothers that he grew up with. Yeah. You know, that's, that's his family. You know, that's all he's known, really, is family. Yeah, no doubt. But, like, man, that was a... And, yeah, and he leaned on them, too. Certain brothers, he probably leaned on heavy certain siblings in that environment, in that situation. And that's oh, yeah. the crazy part, that there's kids out there, you know, whose parents aren't regular people. Like, some people, you know, your parents are just this, they're a little that. But there's some kids out there whose parents are actually really fucking actual dangerous dope addicts. Really dangerous fucking drunks. You know what I mean? Not to mention, like, you grew up in a home where your dad was an alcoholic. So you got a chance to see, like, how alcoholism can actually, how much it takes from you and shit. Now, oh, yeah. when it was your time to be a dad, you wanted to clean it up. Like, you were ready to fucking rock and roll. Like, by the time you, when it was time to be a dad, you were ready to rock and roll. It's just uh, fucked up. Like, you had to even go all that time. Knowing that your kid was in da- in clear danger. I mean, he's coming home black, black eyes, getting fucking hit. Like that shit is that shit is is fucking ridiculous, bro. Because you you know what I mean. I, I know exactly. You man. Gotta walk around with that shit every day, man. And it's a blessing. And it's a, a father. And, and if a father like you or I did anything like that whatsoever, one goddamn time, we'd never see our kids again, dude. Never see ever. Again. I would never see. You would never see. Dog, if you gave your son a black guy, that would be it for your motherfucking ass. That would be it. That would be and, it. You know, now that I've been talking to her boyfriend since she's been in Texas, you know, there's been. <laughs> I've got to do the paper, the tracking down, but he told me that. And at least the 12 states, I think they've lived in 12 states now. There's been at least three police reports in each state from her getting drunk and stripping her clothes off in the front yard, trying to fight people. And, you know, the the kids coming home and nothing's done and, you know, shitty diapers and she's drunk and. And this and that, and there's, you know, they, she wrecked a car drunk in Colorado with. Uh, the one of the other kids in it, besides the one in Nebraska, and fucking made him sit in the driver's seat when the fucking police showed up. Bro, that's and what I was saying. Like, he was fourteen years old, and like you can, you still are allowed to fucking have kids in your proximity. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, at what point is is all right? We know that the person is a fuckhead. But like, at what point do is it? Who's enabling this monster? Who's who's giving them gas to keep this car rolling? 